This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, business as usual is anything but, and I felt like we should interrupt our regularly scheduled podcast to take some time and talk about working from home, something that we are all going to have to deal with for the foreseeable future. Hi everyone, I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today, Andrew and I are going to talk about the disruptions associated with the current COVID-19 pandemic, but in a Bob and Andrew kind of way, not the sort of things like facts that you might be getting from the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control. Yes, we are not a news affiliate. So since so many of the people that I hear from, that you hear from, that listen to this podcast are single and small office practitioners. I thought that we should interrupt the podcast episode, which we were going to publish today, which was titled A Culture of Design. We're still going to release that one, but it'll be a bit later in the year. But I thought that we should talk a little bit about how the current climate is impacting our daily routines, our jobs, what we do and how that's been disrupted by all this working from home requirements that pretty much everybody I know now is being forced to work from home. You're seeing it. Yeah. I don't know of anybody that's not now doing everything in isolation or remotely or online, however you want to call it at this point. But yeah, I don't know of anybody that's not officing from home. It's crazy. So that's why I thought, let's talk about working from home. So that's what we're going to talk about today and what that actually looks like. Home office setups, multiple people working from home. You'll be teaching your classes remotely. Thinking about what that might be like from both the teacher and the student side of things, along with some of the more mundane realities that we're having to deal with. So before we get into it, I'm just so I'm going to set the table. I've already kind of brought up a little bit, but so I just flew home from California, and I got to tell you, the airport going there had a little bit more people in it than it coming back. Still really empty. But what's crazy is there's people wearing masks and gloves. It's like walking into a militarized state. But what's funny, Mm -hmm. here's what I crack up about this. Like I saw a guy wearing nitrile gloves. I mean, I watched the guy for about 15 minutes. I think he ate a sandwich that he got. He brought packed or something. He throws it away, sitting in the chair. He's like rubbing his face. He's doing everything he would do normally, except for he's got gloves on. And I go... You having gloves on it just change the surface that it's attached to before you like wipe your hands all over your face, which that guy was doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I mean, it would make sense if he was like putting on a new pair of gloves every time or used it to do certain things and then took them off and then slapped on another pair for something else. You just wash your hands as much as you can and it's the same effect, probably better, actually. Can I tell you that I wasn't aware of this as acutely as I am right now, but I touch my face like 10,000 times a day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm rubbing my eyes, I'm scratching my face, I'm, you know, moving my beard hairs out of my mouth or something. I mean, it's nonstop. I mean, I rub my eyes all the time and I can't stop that. I'm not going to stop that. But again, I've been fairly self-confined. I mean, I've gone to the grocery store and I pick up some food and stuff and I've just been trying to wash my hands. But like if I'm at home and I've washed my hands since I went out, I'm not that worried about it. No, I'm not worried about it either. But when I was walking through the airport, there'd be like some other people walking towards me. And I have this overwhelming sense that I need to hold my breath. (laughs) You know, like like they're just going to breathe out and I'm just going to breathe in their germs. 
I mean, so there's a lot of irrationality going to it. Like even when I touch my face, I'm not just touching my face. I'm like smashing my fingers into my eyeballs. Like <laughs> that's what feels good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get you. The other thing that I have going on is that I tend to get sick on my vacations. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm so tightly wound up that when I finally go on vacation and my body goes, oh, that's when I get sick. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's just something about relaxing that my body kind of goes. So are you enjoying yourself? Because I'd like to put an end to all that. Mm, maybe so. I don't know. So Michelle and I, we're not big grocery shoppers. Like we don't, we don't sit down Saturday morning and make a big giant list and based on the meals that we're going to eat that week and then go do some big purchase at the grocery yeah. store. We yeah, tend me to, too. yeah, we tend to go like a couple times of the week. Like we tend to buy for need, and yeah. the the provisions that we have are just kind of like, oh, I need to have onion powder, so I buy onion powder, and the next time I don't need to get it because I didn't obviously use it all up. Yeah, I don't have ten pounds of ground beef in my freezer. <laughs> I know, yeah. and I, I don't have five f- f- whole chickens, you know, at the ready. Huh. Since we were going out of town for a week, our cupboards are more bare than they would normally. Yeah, it was bare. Yeah. So, but anyway, we had to buy our groceries because we were cooking at the house all the time. And it was the first time I'd walked to, you know, California is not doing great. You know, like New York City is not doing great. You know, there's a couple of spots in the United States that are like saying like, hey, these are really bad spots. Yeah. California on the whole, just like the numbers they've had, it's pretty bad. Where we were, it wasn't bad at all. But you get all these people, and it's full of elderly folks. You know, there's not a lot of young... I mean, it's a pretty boring place, quite honestly. If you're a young person, you want some kind of active nightlife, and you're going to hit the bars or something. It's the Sea Ranch is not the place. It's not the place. So there's not a lot of young people, so the place pretty much shuts down. Like, even if everything was up and running per normal, like the pizza joint, there's like a pizza joint that's there. Yeah. It closes at 8 o'clock. I was like at 8 p.m. (laughs) Done. Yeah. So we went into the grocery store and it's the first kind of weird, you know, COVID-19 pandemic grocery store trip that we've made. And there's like nothing in there. I go, how is this possible? There's like no bread. There's no beans. There's like, there's a lot of red meat, but there's like no chicken. There's no frozen food. You couldn't get garlic. I go, why are people hoarding garlic? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's There's also the toilet paper thing, which is ridiculous. I don't know. Are you well set on the toilet paper front? I, I mean, no, not really, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, the problem was, it's like, for me, I literally had half a roll in my entire house, and this was kind of right around the time everything started, I guess, right in the midst of everybody freaking out. So I went to the store, and there was like, I had to go to three stores to find toilet paper. Hey, but at least you found it. I know I did, and I didn't, like, but I only bought what I needed. Like, I didn't buy, like, you know, 49 rolls of toilet paper or all the cases. I just bought one thing and I assumed, eh, it'll be fine. We'll see, I guess, <laughs> but uh, hopefully it'll come back around. I don't know. In our house, my wife and I, we both have our own master bath. We have that, you know, that 80s house where there's two master bathrooms and they connect to one another through the shower kind of thing. Yeah. So... My wife is not all up on my current toilet paper situation in my bathroom. You know, she just, okay. she's never in there. So how would she know if I need more toilet paper or not? So pretty much you. every time she goes to the grocery store, if she's like, well, I should buy some toilet paper, she buys me toilet paper. And so 
before she leaves, I don't want to say, hey, hey, before you go, don't get me any toilet paper. Don't buy me any toilet paper. Yeah, I yeah. don't need any. So I have like a hundred rolls of toilet paper, but this wasn't me hoarding. This has been built up over three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> I, I, to the point where I kind of go, do y'all need toilet paper? I mean, I can hook you up. I got some oh, roll. <laughs> I'm appreciating Like now I know it's going to, I'm going to be like, hey, uh, Bob, can you mail me some toilet paper? I say, oh, can, you know what? There was a there can, was there was a run. We had diarrhea at the house. <laughs> I, can you priority mail me some toilet paper? I don't know if I'm in the last three days. Can you just get it to me? It was funny though. My wife thought she's like she was home one day and she's like, I'm gonna go find some toilet paper. She's like, I'm on that mission where I'm gonna go find some wipes and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up going to Home Depot for something, and they had toilet paper. So she bought like a 12 pack of Home Depot toilet paper. Yeah. I'm not going to use that till it's the last 12 rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, we, I was talking, I think I was talking to my sister or something and she was saying, you know, just go to the weird places and you can still find stuff. And I was like, yeah, I know that there's like a Hispanic market and then an Asian food market. Not Both of those are not too far from a house. I bet if I went to those, you could find all the stuff that you needed, right? Like, Because they still have normal stuff. It's just, it's not as highly trafficked as everywhere else. Yeah, people aren't thinking about, like Home Depot, you don't think about going to Home Depot to get cleaning supplies and toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure it's still there. It's not, well, maybe not now, but now that you ruined the secret, I was headed to Home Depot <laughs> as soon as we hang up so I could get some toilet paper. I don't know. She said it was on like a special kiosk, so. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, the other thing is, I'm like, I'm wondering if they're just taking it out of the back, you know, <laughs> like it's actually for black market toilet well, paper. Well, no, but it's actually for like the employees and stuff. But since there's not that many people there anymore, they're like, man, we'll just sell it, <laughs> <laughs> make a dollar here. Yep, we get to sell something. So Michelle and I, since I started this story a long time ago, but so we get back <laughs> from our trip and we don't have any food in the house. Like we we just don't really have any food, and so. We got in last night, it was like 8.30, and we're like, well, the grocery store closes at 9, so we'll just go tomorrow morning. So we got up, probably around 7.30, 8 o'clock, something like that. We went to the grocery store. Both of you? Yeah, we. it's what we do. 90% of the time, it's always the both of us. No, and that's fine. So my question to you is going to be, was there a line? No. Oh, okay. All right. I've heard some stories about like lines of people waiting like outside as soon as the grocery store opens, they're waiting to get in. And I'm just like, really? I mean, that might have happened, but... It, we got there like two hours after it opened, so. Oh, okay. All right. But here's what was surprising. I know my daughter likes beanie weenies. <laughs> I'll buy some pork and beans and I'll make, I'll make beanie weenies because that's the other thing. Like We're all home. My wife, my daughter, me, yeah. we're all going to be home. Oh, yeah. And so I said, well, I'll make her beanie weenies because she really likes them. And so I bought four cans of beans because they didn't have the big ones. They had only these little tiny ones. Mm-hmm. And then my wife's like... Oh, and I'll make some, uh, you know, like some black beans and rice, you know, maybe some jambalaya or something like that. We get up when we're checking out. They're like, no, you can only have two cans of beans. I was like, of any bean? They're like, no total. I go, what? There's like a thousand cans. of. Now, they're not all the good ones, but there's a lot of beans back there. And yeah. he, the guy said, no, it's not a grocery store thing. It's like a anti-hoarding rules that are being put into place. Yeah, I have no idea. I saw some signs like that. I mean, because I've gone to the grocery store three or four times now. Because again, I'm like you, and because of the way my situation is, there are days where it's me, and then there's days where it's me and my daughters, 
and then it's back to me. And, you know, I don't have a lot of food. Like, I don't buy and keep a lot of food in my house. A, because of that. And B, I don't have a room. I've got one refrigerator. I don't have, like, a spare freezer and all this other kind of stuff that some, like, larger families have or whatever. And so I've gone a couple of times. And the last two times I went, like, there is a, on, like, frozen pizzas, you can only buy two. I saw some other stuff where you can only buy two of things. But I didn't know it was total. Like, I, I thought it was, like, per kind of whatever. So that's interesting. But I've seen a little bit of that going on here. Well, that's the thing that makes it so interesting. We saw those signs too. Like if you're going to go buy toilet paper, which there was toilet paper, Hmm. uh, you could buy one package, right? So limit one package. The other things that like we found some antibacterial foaming hand soap. And so Michelle grabbed two of them, right? Because she's again, I'll put one in the back bathroom and put one up by the kitchen. Yeah. And they said, no, you can only get one of these. There's no sign. He's just saying that's just what it is. We're like, okay, that's fine, because our goal is not to hoard. Yeah. And so for the first time, and I couldn't tell you how long, we spent $350 at the grocery store today. <laughs> Actually, that's what, like, the time after I went where I couldn't find any toilet paper, I went back to try to find some stuff, and it was cleaned out. Like, there was nothing. There was no meat. And I'm, I'm not talking, like, no good meat. I'm talking, like, no meat. My H-E-B, the meat section was completely empty. That's people making a run at it. That's all that is. I know. And even today, or, well, when did I go? I went two days ago, and it's still that way. I mean, there's a little bit more. I was able to actually get some ground meat, but there's still no chicken. So it's pretty desolate. All the pasta's gone. There's not much bread. All the canned good aisles are empty. There's no, like, cheese, like grated cheese packs. It used to be, like, a whole wall empty. Hot dogs, gone. Lunch meat, gone. Like, everything is gone. It's ridiculous. Hey, I don't have the place to put all that stuff, but I'm also like, dude, who's eating all this? Or are they just freezing it all? In which case, they got to have a giant freezer or something because nobody's going to eat 40 pounds of hot dogs in the next two weeks. Well, you know what I think it is? I think it's the change in how people are going to be feeding themselves. Like before, it wasn't just, hey, you can't go to restaurants. Like for us, part of the reason, like I said, we spent 350 bucks. It's not because we don't ever buy groceries or we eat out so often. But the truth is, is when we do eat out, we're not doing drive through We're not a big drive through family. Like, we don't go to burger joints and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Order food through our car. That's just not what we do. So the places where we would go out and eat, if we weren't going to choose to cook food at our home, we can't get to anymore. Yeah, so this funny cartoon yesterday somewhere, and it was like day one. And this was about, it wasn't about the quarantine, but it was like day one on the deserted aisle of my kids. We have enough snacks for... 2,000 days, day two, all the snacks are gone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is like, I mean, I know when my kids are home on the weekend, I mean, that's all they do. They sit around, they're grazers. Like they don't really want to eat a meal, but they want to eat all day long. And it just drives me bananas, but because I have to have so much stuff for them to eat. Let's get into the working from home because some of that stuff is going to show up. So for me, there's three of us. So, you know, my daughter's schools were closed. Well, her school was closed. My wife's working from home, and now I'm working from home. And three's not really a lot. I've certainly heard of some situations where it's four, five, and six even. But even with three, that's two more than I want. <laughs> and yeah, and the killer on this is we have workspace in my house. Like, we have an office, but we don't have three offices. And so my wife is the one who, because, you know, she pays the bills. She kind of runs the household kind of logistics and stuff. So that's really her space. It's set up for her because she uses it 99% of the time. Yeah. My daughter has a desk 
in her bedroom because she does homework. All she has four hours of homework every single night. Yeah. And then there's me. I got nothing. <laughs> you got the free range of the rest of the house, man. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> you can sit on the couch one day. You can stand at the bar the next day. You can sit in the living room the other day. I mean, come on. I know. I've got a stand up. <laughs> I got a stand up desk now at the bar. I know, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I can make that work. We have space. That's, I mean, another good thing. I'm, I'm blessed with my house is not small. My house is a mansion. <laughs> it's gigantic. Yes, it is. We can all go to a different corner of the house, like the building. So I don't have yeah. to worry about somebody making noise. I don't have to worry about somebody like popping off or listening to music or whatever that I don't want to listen to because I'm 18 rooms away from that person. The thing I wonder about, like, I mean, you talked about earlier that our listeners tend to be smaller firm listeners or, for example, if you were a single soul practitioner and you worked out of your house, I wonder how much this is bothering you. How much does this change your daily routine? I mean, it might for meetings and stuff, but I feel like, man, for you, you're used to it and it's normal and those kind of things. I bet those people are getting a good laugh out of how everybody's like, oh my God, I got to work from home. Or like, how do I do this? I can't even understand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I kind of have the same situation as you is I've got room to spread out and stuff like that. But the problem for me is, is that my kids get bored. (laughs) Right. And so they'll come and, you know, bother me. (laughs) like, hey, dad, can we do this? Can you do this? Come in, come in. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to work. And they're like, hey, dad, dad, come come on. I'm like, I don't understand. Hey, can we order this movie, dad? Dad, hey, dad. <laughs> yeah, well, it, what makes me laugh is- We're hungry. Like, I'm, I'm so bored. And I'm like, okay, you're only bored because you think you can't do something because this wasn't going on. You'd still be sitting on the couch, looking at your phone, watching TV, and not being bored. <laughs> but now, because it seems like you're forced to sit on the couch and watch TV and look at your phone, you're bored all of a sudden. There's some truth to that, for sure. I'm just like, oh my God, you're killing me. I was like, why is today so different, you know, that you're like freaking out? But I think a lot of it is for them is social interaction, right? Because, you know, they haven't seen another kid and now going on two weeks. And so that's probably what's really starting to bear down on them more than anything i think well, is that social isolation yeah yeah they need they need distractions so there's the good distraction right which is something that i'm really benefiting from when i went to book a pal that if you know i need to get up i don't know five minutes every hour or two and i need to go stretch my legs and kind of turn my do a hard reset on my brain a little bit and i can go talk to somebody <laughs> i mean it sound like i don't want to go talk to my wife and daughter <laughs> Well, but they're doing their thing, right? I mean, like... That's right. And it's not the same. So there's... Yeah, again, yeah. Good distractions. But there's also bad distractions because while my wife has a desk and kind of an office space to work in, and my daughter does too, neither one of them want to sit there for eight hours a day. Yeah, exactly. They're not set up to just like, you go in your bedroom and sit at that desk and you're going to grind it out for eight hours. That's going to be hard for them to do. I mean, it's hard for me to do. It's going to be hard for me to do, and I only got a couch, or I'm standing at the bar. Yeah, I know. So that's the thing is, like, that's just one of the reasons why I never, ever thought I could work from home, just in general, like, as a practice, is because I get too distracted, like, around my house. I want to go, oh, well, I got to do some laundry, or I want to clean this, or, oh, man, I should just take care of this little thing right now. And it it just snowballs, and I don't want to actually do the work. There's a amount of discipline that I know that I don't have that I'm have to really dig deep to get these days. Well, it's interesting you brought that up because like, I know that's a level of discipline that my wife does have. And I'm pretty confident that just like me, my daughter does not have that level. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, it's not that I can't, 
I mean, I work, I get stuff done. I put a lot of time in, but the problem for me is I don't want to work from home just because there's too many things. Like you just said that I, I look at and I go, well, I can't work here right now. This room's messy. Exactly. I got to oh, clean yeah. this room. Yeah. And, and so in fact, my, my wife and daughter have been cleaning up her bedroom and getting her desk like totally, it's already outfitted, but you couldn't see it because there's so many like empty drink cups and garbage sitting in front of it. So her room's now gone through, you know, the most thorough cleaning you can possibly imagine just because we know, Hey, you want to do your best work. You got to have an environment that's conducive to you doing your best work, which is part of all these people that are now working from home. They're going through that process. If they don't normally work from home, they've got to create a space that's dedicated to them doing their job. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Me, I took over my dining room table. Does that work for you? And it's not kind of echoey in there? Well, I mean, I'm not talking. I'm just working. Oh, see, I talk when I work. No, I don't mean just like no. out loud to myself or someone sitting next to me. I mean, I'm on the phone. I do a lot of conferencing. Yeah, we'll say I'm not doing that. So granted, we'll see if it works once I start having to do teaching stuff tomorrow. It may be different. I may have to move. But for now, I mean, before that, when I moved out of my office, it's just set up. Because I've got, you know, four giant monitors set up, so it takes up that much space. Well, you know, here's something else that I think will be interesting, and you'll have to you'll have to follow up on this in the blog post when we write for this. So when I was in California just the other day, we're still going through the process of interviewing the people that we connected with during the various career fairs that we did. Oh, and yeah. So normally we would either have them come into the office if it's like for like a full-time job or if it's something that they could accommodate. Because a lot of these kids, they do it over their spring break. They come back to where they're going to be, right? Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we ended up, now that a lot of these kids are basically being isolated, you know, they're at their parents' house. We're having to video conference them in. Well, everyone who's on this call is not in the same place. So we ended up having a call to do this interview with this young woman. So here's what's funny. So one guy in our office was actually clearly sitting in a home office. I mean, it looked like my dad's home office. You know, a bunch of like weird bookcases and bric-a-brac on them and a desktop with lots of paper smutted about and a big cushy chair kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Another guy was actually in his son's bedroom at his son's desk is where he was sitting and the windows were open. So he was completely in silhouette. He was like the, the you couldn't see him at all. And mm -hmm. I was in our rental house and which was not humongous. It was unlike my house, not a mansion. And so I was in one of the extra bedrooms I was sitting on the lower bed of a bunk bed. And so there's like dinosaur pillows to my left above my head. You could actually see the underside of the top bunk. It's like it was the most least professional kind of presentation to show this young woman that we were talking to. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks real professional. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering as you start to do yours, you're going to go, Hey, is the light right for people to see me? So I'm not in silhouette or if I, if I'm going to sketch something out and I'm going to show it up to the screen so that people can see what I'm talking about or, and this is something I want to get in with you. Are you going to have to, when you're doing your teleconferencing, when you're, and I know you'd mentioned, I think the way it's set up is you're going to have your lectures, your, your student, your class time, and they're going to mm -hmm. be recorded so the kids can either watch it live when it's happening or they can access the recording at their leisure. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. It's probably going to be some of both, actually. Will you have any situations to where you have both camera on you, like your laptop or you know computer camera you know, on you, and then you want to show something that's on your screen or something that you're sketching out? 
Do you have to switch to another medium or is it all going to have to be pre-packaged so that I can just minimize the video portion of me and look at my monitor to show what I'm doing here? Yeah, I think it's just going to depend. I mean, some of the stuff like my lectures, I'm just going to end up, I'll essentially narrate PowerPoints or, you know, presentations that I've already made or have set up. And then in other instances, I'll just talk and still share my screen. So they'll be looking at what's happening on my screen and I'll just be talking. Will they sign in so that they can ask questions? Will, will you have the ability or will you allow the ability to have two-way conversation between you and yeah, yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's essentially like a It's essentially like a Skype call. I mean, similar to what you've been doing. So it'll be that kind of thing for some of them and other ones will just be instructional. And I'm, I'm still at this point, again, I'm going to try to I'm, have to see how it's going to work out. But a lot of it is going to be back and forth with me explaining things and showing them examples and getting them to do stuff and then making attempts at it and sending it to me for me to review. And then when I do that, I'll, it'll essentially be like a desk crit. I'll just call them up, FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, whatever it is with that one student individually. And we'll talk about what work that they've sent me. And I'm trying to figure out um, how I'm going to do sort of instructional drawing at this point over their work. I'm hoping that I can manage to pull my iPad into that and use that in some way that makes it a little bit clearer than me just providing red lines like I would do to someone else, like a, like a consultant or something. But even still, if I could do that and then call and talk to them about it, it, it was going to work, you know, somewhat acceptable. Well, you know, teleconferencing is a big deal, especially if you're in some type of work environment like mine, for instance, where nobody does anything by themselves. We have small armies of consultants. We have teams of three or four or five or six people within the office, and we're all off doing our tasks. And we've gotten to the point where we're trying to implement a way of, we're trying to introduce a different kind of design flow to the office. The idea is it's to allow us to dig deeper and have kind of deeper evaluations on design problems than just his idea, her idea, his idea, her idea. Mm -hmm. Instead of going through that whole process and sending everyone to their back to their respective workspaces to work and then getting back together to say, okay, wh what'd you do? That we're asking them to do smaller studies that they can spend a little bit more time going into it. And then we get back together after a shorter period of time and we punt out a half of them. We say, okay, here are the four ideas. These two are alike. This one's like, this was a miss. This one is amazing. So let's, let's say, let's get rid of the one of the ones that's a duplicate. Let's get rid of the one that's a miss. And let's look at the amazing one and this other one that has possibilities. Give everyone new tasks, send everybody out. We go through this process. So we do a lot of sharing of information, a lot of sharing of design process, and it's not all finished work. So teleconferencing plays a big role. And I thought that, I don't know which ones you're familiar with. Like there's currently five that we have access to. So we typically use GoToMeeting mm -hmm. and it works pretty well. There are moments where it doesn't work great. And the reason what made me think about this is you can sketch on top of what's on your screen, you know, in the GoToMeeting platform, mm -hmm. they, they have yeah. the abilities for you to draw and stuff. Yeah. So that's one of them. There's Zoom, which I personally never used before, but I've heard some eh, mediocre results from the people that have used it, some things that they don't really love about it. Yeah, and the, the issue, I mean, that's probably what I'm going to try to be try to use because that's what the university has, I guess, sort of instructed us to use. We'll just see how it works for what it is I'm going to do. You know, you could also use Skype, which yeah. I'm not a big fan of Skype. Some people love it. I'm not in that camp. Hmm. And I don't know if it's just because... It's not intuitive to the way my brain works or just the quality is acceptable for most 
things, but the thing I need it for, it's not of an acceptable quality for me. Which is what? Oh, it's just audio quality is not great, I don't think. Huh. I mean, because I like Skype for for teleconferencing, for video calls and those kind of things. I think it works just fine. But Well, have you ever used Cisco WebEx? No, but it's expensive. I love it. Yeah, but it's expensive. Did I mention that I loved it? Yes. I have no idea what any of these cost, to be honest with you. I know. But the WebEx thing is expensive, and you have to buy licenses and things like that. Well, I'll tell you. On my vacation, because I'm committed, I had a three-hour teleconference for a project we're doing here in Dallas. So I'm on this call, uh, three-hour call, out in the middle of nowhere in Northern California. There were 18 people on this phone call, and it was a Cisco WebEx call, Mm -hmm. and it ran flawlessly. And with that many people... You know, and it has the tray and it's got, you can see everyone who's on the call, not just their name, but like their little video of them. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I think helps these sort of calls actually function is you get to see the other person speaking, right? You know, when someone's about to talk, but the thing that's nice about it, it will rearrange the screens based on who's talking. It'll make whoever's talking louder. So you don't have to wonder, Mm -hmm. Hey, is that Jill? Is Jill talking or is that Mary or who is that? You know, and you're not having to look for the little name to see a little icon blinking that says that they're talking. There was no lag time. Yeah. We're still able to to share screens with one another. And I thought, this is amazing. And when we did that interview with that young woman a couple of days later, we set it up to do a go-to meeting. And it just was, man, it just wasn't working right. And we're like, can you hear us? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you, can you hear me? A lot of that. And finally we said, forget this. <laughs> and we actually punted on to a WebEx platform to do it. And once we made that change, we had no problems. I don't own stock in Cisco WebEx. I'm just saying right now, my experience has been 100% amazing with that platform. I mean, that sounds similar to the way Zoom works. Like if you think of the full screen across the top or all the people and the person that talks ends up taking up the bottom, like larger portion of the screen. So when somebody else starts talking, their video comes up and then the other ones get minimized up to the top, but it's still, you're able to see everybody in the meeting and that seems to work fairly well. My guess with the go-to meeting thing would be that it's is an that's an issue of bandwidth for that. I mean, I think it's always been for me with go-to meeting. It's always been an issue of bandwidth of how well those things work. And you know, once you get so many people on it and it's spread out, and I mean, it just it seems to suffer to me from some of those technical things that you don't have any control over. Like they do, but you don't. Go-to meeting is one of my least favorite, honestly. Sorry, guys. I'll do a little bit of research and costs and stuff like that, and I'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, the other thing that I'd never used before, but we use it with really good success, is the Microsoft Teams. Our office, we're all on Microsoft 365. Mm -hmm. And it's got, as part of this package, it's got a, a, a couple different platforms. One of them is... Microsoft Teams. And what's nice about it is you can have, so it can, it has a chat functionality to it and you can organize the chats by setting up groups within your team. So like, for instance, I have a team for every project that I'm on. Sure. And it works better than email because all that data gets filed based on the team that it's assigned to. Mm -hmm. If I'm on team Kalita Humphreys, and I message somebody else that's on that team, that record of that conversation and that exchange stays with that project as opposed to if I sent it versus email, it wouldn't necessarily be associated with that project and I'd have to keyword search something or I'd have to individually file it after the fact to keep record of what it is than my email inbox. Yeah. But I do like the chat functionality that's part of it. It also has the ability for you to set up virtual meetings 
similar to a go-to between staff members, between team members. Mm -hmm. So if I want to meet with two people internally about a project, I can actually have basically a teleconferencing meeting with them through Microsoft Teams, Yeah, which is great because we don't have enough licenses because that's the other thing that a lot of people are going to be struggling with if you work at a you know, I don't know if what size firm's going to have bigger problems or lesser problems, but in a firm like ours, there's 85 people. I bet there's the need is going to be, there's going to be 20 people at any given moment need to be teleconferencing with somebody else. And I don't honestly think that we have the bandwidth to handle something like that. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm making up numbers. You're making up numbers about 20, guessing. That's what I'm saying. Because I don't know. But I can tell you that based on the number of active projects we have that are billing, and I'm making the assumption that those people have to talk to one another. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that number was 40 or 50. Yeah, I was going to I would think it would be more, but yeah. For the people that are in small firms, platforms like Microsoft Teams are not available or they just don't make sense, but they do if you're in a medium to a larger firm. Yeah, and I, mean, I think the interesting point to me that you brought up is this issue of licenses, right? You know, you don't need a license for every person in the office. If it's a rendering software or it's a project management software or something like that, you know that there's only going to be five people on it at a time when you're in your office at max. And so you only get five licenses because you know that that's sufficient, right? But now with this different thing, I think that could start to be a problem because you, you don't always have that surety that, well, if Jim needs to be on the project management thing and Sally wants to get on there, well, she just has to ask Jim when he's done so she can hop on and do her project. And now it's like, how do you make that work and those kind of things? I mean, it's like, especially like, because, you know, we have, we have rendering software. I mean, and I know for a bigger firm, it doesn't matter. But, you know, we only had two licenses for it because, I mean, I'm not going to have more than two people rendering at one time. So that's fine. But now it could be different in those situations because everybody's spread out and everybody doesn't have the same sort of community access to things that they did before. I think that could be an interesting problem. Okay, so we definitely think that the number of licenses that people have access to could be an issue because that was the root of the problem we had with our go-to meeting the other day. We logged on, started it. Somebody else used the same account, logged on to do their go-to meeting, and it kicked us off ours because, like, well, you can't use the same license two places yeah. at once. Yeah. And and the way that their their internal logic is for that software is whoever's last to the game wins. Because the idea that, hey, if you start at 10 and someone else starts at 10.15, it's entirely possible that the 10.15 logic thinks, oh, you just didn't shut down the 10 o'clock one when you were done. Oh, yeah, I got you. It shuts it down for you. It doesn't tell you, hey, it's currently in use. You can't use this. <laughs> it lets you yeah. use it and it kicks everybody else off. Yeah, ouch. I know that that's going to be an issue that we have to deal with. Now, the thing that I'm really interested in, so we have a VPN in our office and everyone's having to learn how to use it. And we had to have conversations about, hey, when do you dial in to use it? And when do you not need to dial in and use it? And that really has as much to do with like working on Revit, like big files. Mm -hmm. I can do everything I need to do because I don't work on Revit locally. I can get on my rendering platforms. I can get on SketchUp. I can do Word. I can do any of the kind of schedule programs that I work on. Not a problem. But for the people that are on BIM, for a lot of those folks, we don't want them dialing in over the VPN because it'll eat up all the bandwidth when you have oh, yeah. 50 people doing it. Yeah. So they're actually doing remote desktops. Mm -hmm. So those people can remote in from home to a desktop that's at the office and not have to use the VPN. That's still really laggy. It is. To be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, on the worker end. Because I have a VPN. I mean, I just had that set up for my office and the people in my office when there was just eight of us. 
again, just because I'm kind of a geeky guy and I want to be able to do stuff from home and access my whole office. But even though you do remote desktop, it's still based on your internet connection speed in Revit. Oh, it's brutal. Because, I mean, you're turning, like trying to turn models and all that kind of stuff. There's just, it's just lag time that gets you like crazy. Well, here's another consideration for you. Think about all the people where there's like four or five or six people at home working. The bandwidth that they get in their house is not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. Like it would be bad for just one person to try to access Revit and do things in it. Now make that a couple of folks. Yeah. Because, you know, I wonder what's going to happen in my own office, my own office. I guess that's the way I need to be thinking now in my house, because I'm going to be doing a lot of teleconferencing. My wife is going to set probably new land speed records for the amount of teleconferencing she's going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is, she's got classes that are doing video classrooms. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that our Wi-Fi is not going to do a great job at all of those. (laughs) Yeah. I'm interested to see how that works. Well, there's also people in my office where they have multiple people who are roommates that are architects. Like there's a guy that sits two desks away from me. He's an architect, works for us. His roommate is an architect, works for another firm here in town. He posted a picture on his Instagram feed of his work environment. The worst imaginable. (laughs) (laughs) They live in an apartment, not even a really a great one at that. So they basically had like a card table set up. It's like it was a romantic dinner for two, but instead of being a plate of spaghetti in the middle, there were two monitors. Yeah, they're going to be fighting over bandwidth (laughs) or doing something where it's like, okay, you get 9 to 3 p.m. and I get 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. and that's it. (laughs) So that's a segue to the next section I had on here that I thought would be interesting to talk about. It had to do with daily rituals, you know, Yeah. which to me, for someone like me and just the way I am, rituals are really important. And I'm not talking about OCD rituals. What I mean is just, do you get up at the same time of the day when it's time to go to work? Or do you say, well, I'm supposed to work eight or nine, 10 hours today. So it doesn't matter when I do it. I can do two hours this this morning and I'm going to go to the gym and work out and I'm going to go do whatever. Well, you can't go to the gym or work out, but you know, you can go do something else. I'm going to go clean the laundry room. Yeah. Or you go for a job. Yeah. I'm going to do four hours in the afternoon and I'm going to do another four hours tonight. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm not down with that personally. I know you're not. You know why? You're not built that way. No, and I don't think anybody should be built that way because you know what? If you can work like that, nobody needs you to do anything, right? If you can just work by yourself and do whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, who cares? You're just you. I don't know that many people that work in a vacuum that well in that capacity. I need everybody who's working on something to be generally working at the same time because this is a collaborative process. So this is not just my inflexibility because I'm, I have this level of rigor, which is absurd. And I don't let those birds out there spread their wings because they need to do other stuff. This has to do with me saying, I need to talk to you when I need to talk to you. And that means you need to not be going for a jog around the neighborhood. Okay. I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, okay. Are you getting paid to do whatever you want? Or you have a job. You're getting paid to do what? Eight hours of work? In our office, we have flex time in the sense that you can show up as early as like seven o'clock and mm-hmm. you can show up as late as like nine o'clock. There's like two hours of sliding around in there. Sure. But once you start, the goal isn't that you get to leave for four hours in the middle of it and come back later. What's the goal? The goal is to achieve a team objective here. Okay. Which is the pro- getting the project, getting the work done in the time that it needs to get done or... What? If you're collaborating, I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, hey, as long as one plus one gets to two eventually, what does it matter? I'm not saying eventually, but if you say, all right, I need this by tomorrow and I get it to you by tomorrow, what difference does it make if it's 
however I want to make those hours of range in my life that works for me, as long as I get it to you by tomorrow. Say you work in my office and it's Monday. Okay. We're at the office. Yep. And I go, Andrew, I need this by tomorrow. And we, mm -hmm. work, for, we work from eight to six. And you okay. go, here it is, six o'clock you give to me. I go, this is crap. You didn't get this right. You need to do this again. And I still have time for you to fix it before tomorrow comes. In your okay. scenario, it assumes that everyone's just going to, whatever they're going to do is going to be right and it's going to be what it needs to be. No, I'm not assuming that, but I'm assuming that if you say it's got to be done tomorrow, that you're not going to have the opportunity to see it till tomorrow anyway. My point is that when you have multiple people working on a project and if it's incumbent upon them to, to share information, to collaborate, to build upon the work of others, they mm -hmm. need to be on the same page from a working standpoint. They can't all four be doing whatever they want, whenever they want. I've never seen an example where that works ever okay. in my life. Okay. Okay. But you think that's, you think that's absurd. I don't think it's absurd. I'm not saying it's absurd. I'm saying that the possibility of what you think is absurd is a possibility. It just takes the right kind of people to make it happen. Okay. And we're not talking about starting at eight o'clock in the morning and someone else starts at 10. I'm saying somebody starts at eight and someone starts at two in the afternoon. I go, that's a problem. And I also don't know in our field how you can not be like, do you not need to talk to consultants? Do you not need to talk to contractors? Do you not have to be on job site possibly doing stuff? I mean, this isn't just a sequestering you in your house situation. This is like how you, you have a way that you work day in, day out. And I don't think that should change so precipitously just because you're working from home. I agree to a certain extent, but I don't think it's also that rigid, I guess, in a way. But that's because I'm a task-oriented person. And maybe we're talking about the same thing. I'm not assuming that if I try to reach out to you that you're going to ignore me for four hours. Because, yes, that's a problem. If you're on my team and we're trying to get something done and I can't get a hold of you for four or five hours or something and I need to, that's a different thing. But if, you know, you decide you're going to work on something for two hours, take a break and work for something a different two hours later, and as long as by six o'clock I get what you're supposed to get me, I don't see that that's an issue. And I don't either. I don't care about that. Because I'm also assuming, like, at least for people like you, definitely for people like me, I don't work on one thing all day long. I have like 10 things that I'm working on in the office. So I don't ever have the whole... Hey, if I start now and I have something that's due in eight hours, I need all eight of these hours to get this work done. I do think that people yeah. need to be available during the same kind of window of time. Whether or not, look, you can be clean in the laundry room, but you need to be available. I agree with being available. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. So when I say, so when I started this off, like, do you start work at the same day? Part of that's like, for example, don't sleep till noon just because you can. And you're like, well, I just got to get any hours. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work from, eight to, from 12 to 8 tonight. I don't think you oh, can do that. Well. I mean, not unless somebody says you can do that. Yeah, no. I guess maybe in our industry, there are people who are working from home now that they do the same thing all day for two months at a time because they're working on some big project, some big package they're putting on, and they don't have milestones. Their milestones aren't measured in terms of hours or a day. They're measured in this milestone's due in two weeks, and that's when we need to have all this stuff done. Mm -hmm. And they just come in, yeah. they put on their headphones, they turn on their tunes, and then they just do what they're going to do till they go home. I get that there are people like that. Mm -hmm. I'm generally not that way. I mean, I think as you climb up the ladder of roles and responsibilities, you're not going to be that way. You just can't because you don't have that. I haven't worked on one thing for an entire day in the last 15 years of my life. I understand that. I, I agree. I'm just thinking that there are, though, others who work on the same thing all yes. the time for weeks. Okay. Weeks. So for those folks, which still gets back to the beginning question. So do you get up at the same time roughly? Because actually the next question on here is, do you get dressed? Like, do you prepare yourself to do your work at home work? <laughs> yeah. For me, I think you, for me, I definitely would. I know. I mean, hey, if I'm being honest here, it's Sunday. We're doing this. 
I haven't taken a shower. I'm wearing sandals. I'm wearing sweatpants, sweat tops, right? That's fine. I haven't taken a shower yeah. today. But it's Sunday. But I'm working, all right? So it tells you that I'm capable of working without, you know, I don't need to be freshly showered and in a button-down shirt with a jacket in order to function. But I do think there's this idea, like part of the reason I never really was a big fan of working from home is I think I think the act of getting up and preparing yourself and leaving to go someplace to work makes you more productive. Like, I don't know how people who work in their house every day do it. Uh, yeah, I don't either, but <laughs> I'm about to have to find yeah, out. <laughs> I know they do. And I know there are people that do it well. I know. I agree. I know there's some people that really do it. And, I, you know, I'm going to have to figure it out. I have put off this sort of thing most well, all of my career for 20 something years, because I know that I would not be very good at it. And so now I'm going to have to figure out how to be good at it or efficient at it or get it done. Okay. Well then here, here's the next bullet point on my list here. It figures into this perfectly is, do you think we're more or less focused as a result, more or less productive when we work at home? I mean, me personally, I know I'm less productive and less focused. There's too many distractions at home. I need like blinders. And even then it probably wouldn't help me. So I'm having to really try to focus myself, like make myself, all right, I got to sit down and stop doing, cleaning the kitchen or stop worrying about laundry or, you know, whatever it is and try to make myself sit down and work. But I'm like you, I don't want to sit down for, I, I don't, when I'm in my office, I don't sit there for eight hours. And the problem is, is when you get up after being there for about two hours, two and a half hours, and I said, I'm going to get up and take a break. It's coming back from that break and not getting distracted by the dirty kitchen or the whatever, or, oh man, I need to go get some food for dinner or whatever it is, you know? And that's where I run into the problems that I know I'm going to have to wrangle myself with. I wonder, so for instance, my typical day is I get to the office by about 7.15, 7.30 if I'm running late which doesn't happen too often, but I don't leave the office until six or six 30 at night. That's every day. And I'm not focused and billable for that entire period of time. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get an eight hour day in, I know that it's going to take me about 11 hours to do it because three hours of that's going to be talking to Henry. How are you doing on this? What's this? Did you see what got published on this website? Oh, Hey, check out this wood detail. This is really cool. Just some kind of architectural inspiration for my soul that doesn't do anything other than get me to stop thinking about the problem I'm currently focused on that maybe I'm not seeing so clearly anymore because I'm too drilled down on it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be hard for me to accomplish here because let's say I do work for two hours. I mean, I'm, I'm in zone, get two hours in and I go, okay, I need to, you know, crack my neck, stand up, walk around the office. Oh wait, there's no office to walk around to. So I'm going to walk into the kitchen and I'm going to go, Hmm, what can I eat? You know, when I'm not hungry, Yeah. next thing you know, I'm making blueberry muffins you know, for half an hour. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I hear you, man. I'm right there with you. I mean, this is going to be that, like, how much weight is everybody going to gain? <laughs> oh. You know, there's that. We were talking, I was talking about it with somebody. There's that. And then there's all the Corona babies that are going to be born <laughs> oh, God. nine and 10 months from now. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's probably some truth to that. No, I'm, I guarantee you there is. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear you. This is going to be a test of wills. For sure, of my—I mean, my own will, but a test of a lot of people's wills. But then there's a part of me, like after now, you know me—I'm not a—I'm not a huge social interaction. I'm kind of ready to like do some conference calling, some skyping, whatever, with some other people, so I can feel like, oh, I had a conversation with someone today that wasn't my hand or wasn't my relative. So I wonder. I think you fall into the the work from home is a good thing camp. I think it's binary. You either think it's a good thing or you think it's not a good thing. Like, mm -hmm. I know just day in, day out, I go, nah, 
it's not a good thing because people aren't productive. I know that if I'm paying you for 40 hours worth of work that I would get from you out of an office environment, I do not think I would get that 40 hours worth of work out of you in your home environment. (laughs) However, my wife would argue that that's not true because she says, and I've seen it, that if she's in the office, she's getting constantly interrupted and bothered by people asking questions that maybe she's not the right person to be talking to, or maybe Mm -hmm. it just takes her out of her her alpha wave, you know, of what she's trying to accomplish. And so she says, and this is me condensing down many years worth of observation and conversation is that I bet she gets more work done here at the house in two hours than she gets done at four hours in the office. So for her, and this is why I was kind of arguing with you earlier that goal oriented or task oriented, or like what's the unit of measure that we're looking at. So if you're the person that looks at it and says, hey, I want to get A, B, C, and D done, and I want to get it done this week, so you got 40 hours to do A, B, C, and D. Well, for some people, if they're here working in their house, they might get A, B, and C done in 24 hours. And should I care that they got it done so much faster? Okay, well, then you have 16 hours to do something else. That's where my brain goes. Mm-hmm. I know. My brain doesn't go to, oh, well, you were so efficient. Just, hey, party on for those 16 hours. Mm. I'm not down with that. I know. That was the point we were just talking about. I know. Because you are a time-oriented person. I'm not a time-oriented person. Okay. What I mean by that is, if you finish A, then get on B. Like, if you're still, if you still got gas in your tank to go do something else, go do something else. Don't just stop because you got the one thing that was identified done. But if I get A done and I have to wait for someone else to do B because I finished A, what am I going to do? Are you saying there's nothing, you can't find something else to do? You can't self-start yourself into something else to do? It depends. I'm not saying me. I'm not, I'm not talking about me and I'm not talking about the level of person that we are or whatever. I'm thinking about like if I'm a younger person or whatever. And if, if I get my task done and I've delivered it to you and I'm waiting in this magic camp of collaboration for someone else to finish their work, if you give me something else to do, then great. But like, if I get it done in the time frame that I'm allotted to get it done, I, I don't know, or earlier, I don't see how that's a bad thing or a detrimental thing, but also why that makes me have to do more work if I'm waiting on somebody else. Well, I was never looking at it in terms of the, hey, uh, you're just sitting around and you're not doing anything because you're waiting on somebody else to, to give you something else to do. I look at it and say, if you get something done in 24 hours instead of 40 and you give that to me, I can give you something else to do. Right. Yeah, which I think is fine. But if yeah. but if you if you blow it out and say, well, it's not due till forty, so I'm not going to turn it in till forty. That's what I have a problem with. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have any control over that. You don't have any control over that in an office environment. Sure, I do. No, you don't. Hey, guess what? You're fired. No. If people, how so? How so? Like if I have two people, and they both are work because we. It's not like we do one offs on every single thing. If I go, hey, person A, I need you to work on this project, da, 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 da. Hey, person B, I need you to work on this project. Person A gets it done, it brings it to me, and I go, great. And it takes two days for person B to do the same thing. Guess what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Are you going to say, well, it just takes them twice as long as it takes this person? You're going to say, uh, why aren't they going faster? Why Is it because they can't go faster because they won't go faster? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so yeah, sure. I can absolutely do something about that. And if you're the type of person that's listening to this and thinking that if every task you're ever given, if you could get it done faster than the time allocated, 
And your idea is, well, I don't need to because they said they didn't need it for 40 hours, so I'm not going to get it done till 40 hours. <laughs> that's a problem. I'm not saying that's an attitude. That That's not my attitude. I'm just, I get my work done, and I, as long as I get the work done the time that it takes, to me, that's what matters. In other words, if you give me 40 hours, I'm not saying if it takes less than 40 hours, I'm going to sit around and wait till hour 39 and give it to you. I'm just saying if it takes me 40 hours, or if I am saying it should take you 40 hours and it takes you 40 hours, I'm okay with that. But if it takes you 24 and you sit there on your hands for 16, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm mad because it took you 40 hours to do my 40 hour task. I'm saying I would get bent out of shape if someone said, Hey, I don't need it till next Tuesday. And you're like, Oh, well that's 40 hours. And they don't do anything for the first 16. (laughs) Okay. And and then they bang it out in the final 24. And I go, that's what bothers me. I gotcha. I'm going to go ahead and say, Working from home, this is going to be an experiment, I think, for the vast majority of people who are going to go through this process. And I think that we're going to be out this probably longer than, like, my office. They said, oh, two weeks. We're going to do this for two weeks, thinking that, well, we'll be fine in two weeks. I'm not so sure. Obviously, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this evolves over the next week, the next two weeks. And I'm also curious to see what type of attitudes might change? Like how different will my attitude change about working from home after having, having to do it myself for the next couple of weeks? Yeah. As I say, I think two weeks is pretty optimistic. My guess is this is going to be four to six weeks at a minimum, but that's just me. Yeah. Two to four weeks. Maybe that's kind of two is what we're hoping Four seems like, you know, it's possibility, you know, just based on what we're seeing in other parts of the world and how fast they're able to recover once they start this social distancing kind of exercise. I'm very interested to hear from other people, not just the binary ends of I either do work from home or I don't work from home or working from home is great or working from home is the worst, but how do you make it work? Like, what are the things that you've done that make it more beneficial? Workable. Yeah, workable. <laughs> That's a good way to put yeah. it. Workable is a good no, way to I describe know. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our hypothetical for this episode. I just wrote it. I just, I, I'm trying to keep it topical, and it's going to be. I know. Did you just make this one up? I did. Just made it up. Okay. And All right. and it's based on our current topic, right? So sure. here we go. Yeah, I noticed. You have to work from home for the next five years, and you can only use two rooms that are immediately connected to one another. Obviously, one of those should be a bathroom, but I'm gonna leave that up to you. And you can equip this room. With only five things. So what five things are you going to have? And this isn't like you have to sleep in this be- room. This isn't like you're not in a a, a, whole, a cave. You're not in a cell. I'm not in my bug out bunker. No. So like this is this is like you going to the office. You walk into this room and you don't walk out of it until you're done for the day. Oh, okay. So this is just, I don't live my life in these two rooms. No, no. I have to work in these two rooms for eight to 10 hours a day. Correct. Okay. Okay. And we're dealing with the whole idea of distractions by saying you cannot leave these rooms. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, in other words, once I walk in, at a minimum, it's eight hours until I can walk out. That's right. Okay. That's why I'm giving you a bathroom for one of them. Well, you're suggesting it. It, But it doesn't have to be. Yeah. You go straw bucket. (laughs) A straw bucket? Yeah. You know, bucket's got some straw in it. Oh, I thought you meant a bucket made out of straw. And I'm like, what's the point of that? That sounds gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you said it. Uh, so five things in there? That's the, I don't think that's sound too bad. I'm assuming I'm going to keep my same current job, right? Yeah, you do what you so, do now. Yeah. 
of course, obviously a computer. Yep. And then a desk that, a, a sit-stand desk. Yep. A chair. Yep. Hmm. See, those are three gimmies. That's why I made it five, not three. A print. A printer? You want a printer? Well, yeah. Here's my question. Can I have like the, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like a printer copier thing like I have in my office. Yeah. And supplies just for the people playing along at home. Supplies and like software, those don't count. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And enough paper for five years. I don't have to do that is what you're saying, right? That's right. Or toilet paper for the bathroom for five years. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about- Okay. So, and a window. I don't know if we say, I don't know if that's part of it or not. No, you can have a window. That doesn't have to be one of your five. It's okay. not a dungeon. Okay. Um, hmm. And a small refrigerator then. Yes. Yes. You have to have a small refrigerator. Those are my. I was going to crucify you. No, you, that's only, no. That's only four. No, I got five, right? Desk, chair, computer, refrigerator. I said. Copier. The, oh yeah. Copier. The big copy machine, like scanner, copier, printer, all that stuff in one. All in one. Yeah. Slash bed. <laughs> Does it have that functionality no. in it as well? No, I don't need a bed. I'm not going to sleep. If I'm only in there for eight hours, why am I going to sleep? I think that instead of a copier scanner thing for me, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I think I'd choose like like a comfortable chair or like a ca- Like a couch a ca- or a sofa or I, something. Yeah. Or a couch. Yeah. Something to relax on for a little bit. Yeah. I thought about whether or not... You know, because I was just thinking, oh, so how can I recreate my work situation in this room? Like, for instance, I'm in my, my master bedroom right now. And I go, mm-hmm. if I had to work in this room all day, like all day, knowing how I work at the office, I go, I'm not, it's not, a, it's not going to be an eight hour day. It's going to be another 10, 11 hour day every day because I need to turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. And for a second, I thought, well, what I want to, would I want like a TV or something? I went, no, because I can just get it on my computer. Yeah. But I think that I don't want to sit at my desk and watch a program or a video or something. So I think I would have to choose, I'd have to choose like a couch or a really comfortable, I'd probably go couch. Yeah. Some I can get hor- I just, horizontal on. Uh, Well, I mean, I don't get horizontal during a day right now anyway, so that doesn't, I don't know. I would if I could. No, I, not me. I'm not that way, even though I, you know, I like to be horizontal a lot. I don't want to be asleep. Yeah, this, and it'd be long spans of time. Yeah, these are not. So this is would not be a couch for sleeping. Well, I mean, I'm not even a napper though. And the reason for me for the printer copier thing, I tend to scan a lot of stuff, but I also like to print out a lot of stuff and draw over it and sketch over it and stuff like that. So that's why I would need or wanted that because I kind of need that. I think in order to keep my workflow going the way I like it to be, and so that's why I wanted something like that. I don't think the copier scanner thing is a bad choice. I sit there and go, uh. I don't do a lot of, like, they're big. And I think about the one I have in the office. I might use it two or three times a week at most. Because mm. I sit there and go, if I need to draw over something, normally I need it printed out. Like, I have a plan. I want it printed out. Mm-hmm. I send that out for a plot. You know, I'm not working on eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper that I'm drawing on top of. Oh, me neither. It's 11 by 17s. Yeah, I'm not even doing that for the most part. Oh, well, I don't... I tend to, I, I tend to work on bigger pieces of paper. And I thought, well, do I want to burn one of my five with a plotter? If it was a real office and not this hypothetical one, maybe, maybe because I don't want to sit around and wait for, you know, I don't want to pay $20 to get a $2 copy. You know, that was something yeah. that would, oh, that would bother uh-huh. me. Yeah. But I thought if I have to count computer, 
And I would get a laptop too, by the way, with like a docking station. I wouldn't get a tower. I get you, but I would because more computing power. Yeah, I don't really have, I mean, most of the stuff I have now, 15-inch yeah. Alien from Dell, it's it's a beast. Yeah, 15 inches is not enough for me though, like real estate wise. No, it's not. That's why I said it'd be a docking station because I'd still want multiple monitors, right? That's what oh, okay. that's what I have at my office now. Ah, uh, gotcha. Does the multiple monitors slash desktop, is that considered a package or does that have to be one of my items? Well, I feel like if it's if it's a laptop, then the other stuff has to be items. So laptop would be my thing. And then additional monitors would be another would thing. Would be a thing. Yeah. See, yeah. I think I would have to go back to the desktop then because yeah. the only reason why I'd want the laptop because I'd want to sit on the couch and work. <laughs> and if I have to use one of my guesses on monitors, I'm not going to have a couch. Yeah. So I'm not sitting on the floor with my laptop. Well, you can just get a couch instead of a chair. Yeah, but I don't sit, you know, I, I guess I'm always standing if I'm at the desk. Yeah, you'd either be always standing at the desk, and then when you wanted to work, you'd sit down on the couch. Mm, that might be which, the, I mean, that might be the way to go. To me, go. it seems like, like what you would do anyway, right? I mean. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I don't sit on the couch and work, so I don't know. No, the other issue for me is the desk itself. I wish I had a stand-sit desk because I don't like sitting down all the time. Mm-hmm. My antsiness could kind of be dealt with if I could stand up and do stuff. Yeah. The problem is, is I like big desks. I cannot lie. Oh, man, I knew you were oh. going to say it. That's, that's where my brain went. <laughs> it was just totally right. It was right there. <laughs> I want layout space. I got need drawing space. Like, so, yeah. you know, I have kind of a U-shaped desk configured in my office now. I got rid of yeah. one leg of the U's and I brought in an actual drafting table because it was big enough for me to kind of put all the papers on it that I want when I'm sketching and tracing over mm -hmm. stuff. Especially if you got full size plotted sheets, you're sketching. I know, because I'm doing big works of stuff, man. Can't, no <laughs> little paper can't handle it. Okay. But the other side of my desk, where the keyboard and stuff is, there's nothing on it but keyboard. But man, trying to put a piece of paper on that and sketch, and I'm like, everything feels like it's in the way, and I'm having to move my mouse, and I hate it. So I wish you, I could get a stand sit desk that was like 10 feet long. That's what I want. I'm trying to get one for my new home office. But I think the max I can find that'll support it is like eight foot long. But I'm just assuming I'll have an L that provides me the sort of work surface that I need. So at least I'm hoping. But what I can't decide and what I probably would do is have like the L. I mean, because I don't think I would have both of them as sit stand. So it would be like one of them was stationary or the L would be stationary and where my computer was was up and down. Right. And I think I would make the stationary one at stand up height. Interesting. Because I prefer, I think I prefer to like draw and sketch and stuff like standing up more so than I do sitting down. I don't, I mean, my office right now, or used to, whatever, I had, I had my desk, my desk has always been at drafting table height. Like I mean, I started off with a drafting table actually. And so I've just that tall stool, sort of high table, everything. I mean, I've kept that even when I've moved to 100% digital. I just like that sort of ratio for my body, I guess. I don't know. Sure. So it's more so standing than it's ever been like sitting at a low desk. It drives me nuts. I can't even hardly work sitting like that <laughs> for some reason. I think this hypothetical turned out to be kind of easy. Pretty easy. And I'll, I'll be interested to see. The only wild card in this is someone goes, I'm not bringing a refrigerator in there, right? Like, they're, like I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's really going to come down to that fifth item. Like someone's going to have, they're going to bring their dog is going to be their fifth item or something. I think the last two are the questionable ones. I mean, refrigerator and couch or printer or whatever. Like there's a, the top three are really easy. It's after that that it gets kind of, it could get interesting. 
I think we've reached a point where I'm going to call this show a wrap. Thank you for being with us today for episode 46, Working From Home. If you like today's episode, please take the next 15 seconds and head over to your favorite podcast listening app and hit that subscribe button so you can get spicy hot new episodes automatically downloaded every two weeks. While you're there, please take just a few more seconds of your time and leave us a five-star Don't Cough on Me rating. Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, info, links, and photos from this glorious episode. Be safe, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. Take it easy, everybody. Thank you.